Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and uh, today I'm just we're going to drop in on some of the trainings that we've been doing. Um, we've really started uh, post-pandemic here doing a lot more live events. Um, we've started to take the polyvagal theory and really be able to help chiropractors um, include that clinically in their practices. And we've uh, we've done that through doing uh, some polyvagal events. We've also uh, have incorporated polyvagal theory through my adjusting um, protocols. And uh, we've actually kind of, we've created a whole new um, system called the McDonald's Safety Corridor Protocol. And, um, and so, We've been doing these live events, and uh, for the one that we're that we're just doing in London, that'll be right when this uh, this podcast comes out. We decided to do an introductory uh, three hour just to kind of get people up to speed before we get there, because it is for one um, takes a little bit of time to wrap your brain around the polyvagal theory, and then number two, wrap around your mind around how to communicate that to practice members um, without taking five hours. And three, making it relevant to them. And then four, how do we implement that polyvagal lens through uh, our adjusting procedures? And that's why um, we created that the McDonald's Safety Corridor Protocol. Um, we're doing uh, our next uh, emergence seminar in San Francisco uh, on the uh, I think second weekend of January. And then we will be doing the next McDonald's Protocol. Uh, McDonald's Safety Corridor Protocol Seminar in Montreal uh, on the second weekend in March. So what I thought today would be really interesting is, is just take a little clip of our pre-seminar seminar, our, our Zoom call for all the docs that, that, were, that are going to be attending uh, our next seminar in London, England, just to uh, kind of get a little bit more um, in-depth on the introduction to the polyvagal theory. So um, I'm gonna we're gonna jump over to this call. I hope you enjoy it, and we will see you again in a couple weeks. And remember, shift on. I always start with all of my heavy content information, saying we're just gonna grade one the information today. This is not a PhD. The thing about polyvagal or really anything you learn about the nervous system, you can go so heavy into it, it can make your head spin, and and it's not super clinically relevant to just get a whole bunch of neurological information about the way the brain and nervous system work. And in fact, in our experience, both in functional neurology and now in polyvagal, the more information a chiropractor has actually makes them more confused in practice. So we want to try to make it as clinically relevant as possible while still honoring the major concepts in polyvagal. We, um, most of you know, we have the privilege of being currently the only chiropractors working with Stephen Porges through the Polyvagal Institute. And about 18 months ago, when he did that podcast with Don, one of the things he said off microphone was 
he really felt a um, responsibility to make sure people beyond psychiatry, psychology, counseling understood this information. But he found that as it as it got out there, it became so uh, watered down, or I call it bastards, bastardized, that he was concerned it was starting to lose the language the conceptuality he has around it, the research he did around it and is doing around it. And I just so appreciate that comment that he made because in chiropractic, we feel the same way in our brand when people don't use the appropriate language, right? That the semantics of chiropractic is what keep chiropractic chiropractic. And as soon as we start to lose those semantics, we become physiotherapy or a alternative form of medicine, which we're not, we're different, we're unique. And a part of that uniqueness is our semantics. Polyvagal is the same. There is a semantics and concepts about it that keep it unique and keep it very pure to how Stephen has really studied it. And I think that that's what we're trying to, Don and I are really trying to bring across in our trainings is the purity of it, but also the complexity of it. And through a chiropractic lens, it's just so chiropractic, but only if we have really understood the purity of chiropractic to begin with. So we're going to dig into that a little bit today. And again, it's going to be some pretty, pretty heavy content. So if you remember, this is great. We'll be in London. If you're like, I didn't understand any of that. We'll talk about it again. It'll just be more relevant. bring a big list of questions. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Bring a big list of questions and then you already have the pre questions. I just want to say one other thing too, is that not only people are just bastardizing the polyvagal theory, the biggest challenge that uh, Stephen Porges is having is that the medicine isn't even listening to it because if you actually go into the polyvagal theory, it, it actually goes contraindicative to most of the stuff they're doing in medicine. So it's not that surprising that they're not adopting it. And I think that that's why he's getting excited about other professions uh, adopting this theory and kind of threading it through other professions that are working with uh, with people because medicine is like extremely slow at adopting anything new that's not drug based. The complexity that we're finding with chiropractors, um, particularly in our brand, is that many folks believe they have what is called chiropractic. The word is vitalistic. We don't really use that word, but more of a salutogenic premise where we think we have that premise, but in actuality, when the rubber hits the road, the way we practice is very pathogenic. And that's no, that's really by design of the system that most of us are in, in the UK, in Australia, in Canada, we're heavily regulated in a very pathogenic model. Everybody has gone to school in a pathogenic school, the way you write your boards. So we're systemized in a pathogenic model. So to really hold a salutogenic or polyvagal informed lens, if you practice in a pain or conditions premise, even if you don't want to, but by virtue of maybe not being aware of your premise, polyvagal is very hard to wrap your brain around. So I'm just going to ask you to give yourself a little grace if this is new to you and you're like, I can't even wrap my brain around this. Probably we're dealing with more of a premise issue than an issue with polyvagal. Because if you've only really ever seen chiropractic, even if you don't use this language, but your premise really sits in this model that we have bones on nerves, we stimulate nerves, we fix conditions, we take pressure off, we nerves. Take pressure off nerves. That's a very sort of prevalent thought process still in chiropractic in what we call the vitalistic or uh, neurologically based chiropractic model. We impact the prefrontal cortex. We're going to kind of blow your mind a little bit because we're going to ask you to just kind of hold on some of those beliefs 
and sort of open your mind up to the possibility that maybe it's not about the prefrontal cortex because it's not. And maybe we're going to get even more basic than that. And maybe it's not about the conditions at all. Maybe we see folks with those conditions and perhaps by virtue of what happens in the nervous system, things do heal or get better or improve. But are we really doing anything to somebody or is the nervous system perceiving something and changing its decision about what it does in the physiology? That's really the premise we want to get to. Because once you can get there, the world rolls out so brilliantly in practice, it's going to blow your mind. And even after today, I'll bet you, some of you will reach out next week about some of the folks you're seeing and you're going to see them differently. And so Don and I, our goal in polyvagal is not necessarily to get you to practice differently. It's not to get you to practice a different technique. In fact, you should do exactly what you're doing. Everybody that we work with is talented chiropractors but you're going to start to see people differently and perhaps maybe understand some of the things that are happening on the table that maybe you haven't had the language for before, or maybe you hadn't really understood like what else could I do to help this person, not their condition to help this person. So that's sort of our goal. That's, that's what we hope to get to by the end of the day. I think too, like as you start to focus on some of these concepts, even when you're adjusting whatever technique you're currently using, um, just by being aware of what we're going to talk about today, you'll actually become way more present because often with through our hands, uh, when we put our hands on people um, with through a polyvagal lens, we're going to really be, be paying a lot more attention to what we're actually feeling um, because the physiology is going to be talking directly to you. And now we'll know why the physiology is talking directly to us. And uh, it is kind of nice because in the old days, they used to say like present time consciousness is my first technique with the Parker seminars. And people would like put their hand and tap a little green button on the door going into each office, trying to become present. focusing to become present. Um, but when we do this work, the only way to do the work is to be present. So the kind of nice thing is it automatically gives you presence if you're focusing on this. Um, which will automatically increase your intention and your focus. So it's pretty, I found it pretty cool for, um, for helping us to improve that presence. So I'm going to start the PowerPoint. So I'm going to lose some of your faces. So before I lose that, as I start the PowerPoint, um, we good, we ready to rumble? Nice. Okay. Right. So I'm going to get that going here right away for you guys. Okay. Everybody see that? Nice. Okay. Perfect. So what we're going to do today, as I said, we're going to dig into kind of the basics of, of polyvagal in the grade one version of it. And we're going to really then get into the details when we get to London. What, why this started for us, for Dawn and I in particular, um, most of you have worked with us. So, you know, everything we've ever taught in, we, we've been doing this now, I've been doing this now for like 18 years in chiropractic almost, is anything that we have taught, we have experienced. We're not really your information-based teachers, although we bring information to you. We really have kind of, we call it the, the life lab of our practice. Everything we've done, we have experienced in our practice. So we've either done it, experienced it, asked ourselves, why is this happening? And you know, where else can I go for some more information? Like, how can we get some more help? What we noticed in the pandemic, and like many of you, um, all, coming up now on almost three years ago, when this first all started, from, from the shock of, I can't believe this is happening to all of us, to eventually going back into practice, it became very clear very quickly that we were going to have to up-level our skill in assessing people's trauma from what had happened to them 
as well as looking at our folks who had been under care for 10, 12, 15, 20 years, they were not the same people anymore. And if you're in practice, you probably see this. These are folks that aren't the same people as they were pre-2020, but yet we have been caring for them for 15 years. It was not the same nervous system coming in our office as it was pre-2020 and still is not. Practice is a difficult place to be for a lot of us right now. We thought it would get better when things open up, right? Every Don't you remember like, well, when this happens, it'll get better. And when this happens, it'll get better. And when this happens, it'll, and what we're really noticing now and over the last even year that even if things have sort of come back to somewhat norm, and I'm using that word very loosely, that people would sort of recover then maybe we would get back to some semblance of folks as they were before. And this is really, I think, dramatically changed people probably for some period of time to come. I'm not sure that people are ever really going to recover from whether or not they were impacted by it personally or not. Everybody, this is really important. Everybody was traumatized. This was a worldwide trauma perpetrated against humanity by humanity. That's a really tough thing for a nervous system to wrap its brain around. Somebody did not have to lose their job. They did not have to, you know, their kids didn't have to lose their friends. They didn't have, even your folks who said, I love working at home. They made the same money. They loved working at home. Their kids loved being at home. Even those people were affected. And I think that that is a really critical point because that starts to make sense to you when they come into your practice, even if they didn't have an event per se, an event-based trauma, when we understand this concept of the hierarchy of the nervous system and its highest evolution for health and vitality is connection with other humans, that that is our biological imperative as mammals. We need that to survive. Then you understand that everybody was traumatized and continues to be to some degree by what happened in March 2020. That's the big premise we want to start with. Once we just recognize that, we can let our opinions go as to, gee, why is this happening? What's going on? That doesn't make sense to me. Because actually, once you start to understand that, it all makes sense to you. In fact, it's almost like a cascade of making sense almost too much. So you're like, oh yeah, I totally understand that. And for yourself. So although we're talking to you as chiropractors and your practice, most of our work has really been focused on chiropractors and their lives because we weren't separate from that trauma. We were part of it. And in some cases, still part of it. And it's really difficult to care for people who are traumatized if we are in any sense of trauma ourselves. And that is one of the major concepts of polyvagal and also trauma work, that we really have to be in a state of regulation to do the work that we need to do well in our practices. Which I find this interesting is because it actually, the more we get into this, the more we realize it actually increases our responsibility for self-care, like in the last like two or three years, I was just talking to a practice member yesterday saying, uh, how has this affected you? And I'm like, well, they said, this must be hard on you working with all these people that are always so stressed and, and traumatized. And I said, well, I've never had as many hot baths 
in my life as I've had in the last two years because it has increased the bar on self-care because it's so important for us to be in good shape when we see our people because for all most of our people coming in, we are the only safe place that they go where someone puts hands on them and co-regulates with them in a safe environment. Like I had my 96-year-old Prax member yesterday just stop me halfway through my adjustment and just hold my hand and say, I just cherish these moments with you. I just wanted to let you know that, like just being in that present moment and because they don't, they don't get this in their life. And so it's vitally important for us to not only do it for ourselves, but we have responsibility so that we're in good shape so we can do it for our people. Because we want to recognize as well, for many of you, uh, we're in full-time practice. It, it is, it is difficult these days. People are difficult. You know, we, we, Often after an end of a day, we, we have a busy practice. We're like, what is going on? But we know what is going on. And some days, even yesterday, I said to somebody, is it a full moon? Kind of jokingly. And the patient said, actually, it is a full moon. I'm like, oh. I, like I was just actually kidding because there was just people, just person after person hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt. We have never seen so many, and I'm using the word, we'll get to what the word is now we use, but hurt people walking in our door in 25 years as we have in the last 18 months. And these are people who have been under regular care for their most of their adulthood. So what this is a really nice concept is it gives us some language to talk to people as well to get them to start to understand that this traumatic event and then response This happened to be an event, but it was a cumulative event, which was micro events over time. Unfortunately, perpetrated, as I said, against humanity by humanity is something that the nervous system cannot understand, nor is it supposed to. And so this is more a little bit like short of having our lives threatened. This is what we see with people who have survived war zones where trauma has been perpetrated against humanity by humanity. Even, you know, we will see this with people who have been perpetrated against by another human being. And that violation is really not up to us to determine whether somebody feels that or not. Our, our really responsibility as a healthcare practitioner is just to understand it, that it just is. We don't need to determine on behalf of somebody whether that's the case for them. But I promise you, when you're not understanding what's going on in your practice and you're seeing these folks and they are hard to deal with and they don't, they don't listen and they can't hear you and their spines are a mess and their nervous system and their tone is just, you can hardly lay your hands on them. It feels, it feels uncomfortable for you and it feels uncomfortable for them. That is trauma. That's what it is. And the cool thing is over time, we're going to start to see that nervous system perceive this safety that it needs to feel in order for people to start to reconnect back to humanity. I was just telling the practice member uh, this this week, I said, the problem is we've now ingrained a, um, a contradiction into our nervous system. The biggest contradiction I think we've ever had, where on one end, our biological imperative is to connect others because that's how we survive. But then on the other hand, our our, uh, our neuroception has been basically ingrained that other humans are dangerous. And so 
that's the real challenge in the conundrum we're at right now where um, you got the, you're at these crossroads where people need people to survive, but they've been trained that people are dangerous. So it's like, that's, but when you talk to people and have this language, when you're talking to your people, they go, ah, and then it, they start to understand this. So I think a lot of this language is going to be really helpful with all you to communicate with your people to help them understand what's going on as well. A lot of people want to say, ask what polyvagal is in 30 seconds or less, because you can, you can read his book, which is pretty heavy. I think some of you have read it. He also has a handbook. However, polyvagal has three major concepts. And so I think the easiest way to talk about it in such a short period of time is just to highlight these concepts and in particular, the top two concepts. So the three major concepts of polyvagal is number one, there is a hierarchy in the autonomics. And it is either inhibiting the lower autonomics, which is survival, or it's protecting you, or it is it fully regulating so that we can biologically, imperatively connect to other humans. That hierarchy is very set. And we're going to talk about that. It makes sense. The hierarchy makes sense. And it makes sense based on evolution. And it makes sense based on where we are today as mammals with a prefrontal cortex that is meant to connect with other mammals called humans for us to survive at the highest level of the hierarchy. However, probably you're going to observe in your practice, most folks aren't quite at that highest level and as regulated as we want. And the body will start to show a whole bunch of protective mechanisms, or as we call it, threat physiology that show up in your office masked as some condition that chiropractic has told them they can treat. The second major concept is something called neuroception. This is the science of safety. This is the power of the brainstem. When I said it's not really about the prefrontal cortex anymore, what I meant by that is there is a hierarchy in the brain. And in order for the prefrontal cortex to come online appropriately, it means the brainstem, that real basic, I could be a reptile part of your brain, needs to perceive the environment internally and externally as safe for the physiology to be in a regulated state and the prefrontal cortex to come online to inhibit the amygdala. There is a real hierarchy to that. Again, you can go into all the neurology on that. I'm keeping it grade one. I just had, I always have these just random thoughts, but I think now of the, uh, the brainstem as a dimmer switch to your prefrontal cortex, because directly um, correlated to how much threat there's being perceived in the environment will dim down the prefrontal cortex. So it just, it'll actually just turn it down. So we can't even get to the prefrontal cortex until we get through the brainstem. And that's why um, I didn't really understand this until I talked to Dr. Stephen Porges, but it was like, it's so true. It's like, it's like the, it's the junction box to the, to the prefrontal cortex. And we, we, that's why chiropractic has such a huge effect on that is because we actually open up the dimmer switch that even allows you to get to the prefrontal cortex. Which is pretty huge in the sense that we used to say, oh, like chiropractic has an influence on the prefrontal cortex and you become a better human and you're connected. And in fact, those of you that in the vitality shift, we have a whole hierarchy around this and it, and it actually still, it actually is that hierarchy. It's just our language has changed around it because in order for a human to connect with another human, they need the brainstem to be identifying that things are safe. Safe is, is not a subjective experience. That is not up to you to determine if it's safe. It's up to the nervous system based or on even its, them or even them. Yeah. It is a reflex. Safety is a reflex. That's 
It is an unconscious, non, it is not perception-based. It is a reflex based on real and perceived environments. And so that brainstem is constantly scanning. And we're going to talk about that because that's what's happening first. Physiology is second. So as chiropractors, we're often dealing with physiology, but we want to honor first the surveillance scanning system. Why? What is going on there? Why is it perceiving things as being unsafe? And then the tissue and the physiology will start to do a whole bunch of protective mechanisms and compensation and breakdown because it's not safe. And the funny thing is if someone's dissociated from their body, us as chiropractors, we will be able to determine their what their neuroception is telling their body first because we can actually feel the physiology uh, because they might not even have the awareness to feel their own physiology because that's kind of it. It goes neuroception, which then goes to the physiology and then goes to perception. But the only way you can perceive it is if you can perceive your physiology. But a lot of people who come in have been disassociated, so they haven't been inside their body. And that's the cool thing about chiropractic is as we put our hands on them, we can almost be more connected to their body than they are sometimes when they first come in. One of Steven's uh, partners, her name is Dr. Deb Dana. Many of you probably are familiar with her name. One of the, one of her big sayings that a lot of people I think don't like it makes sense to people, but not really don't really understand it is she says your story follows state. And what she means by that is that someone's perception of what is going on, which is funny. Think about your chiropractic office. We just only ask people about perception. Tell me about what happened. When did it happen? Why do you think it happened? Does anything make it better? Does anything make it worse? Does right? So we're asking people about their perceptions all the time. And so your story following state, what happens is when that in that neuroceptive um, scanning system, the brainstem does, which is reflexive, I'm going to say that a million times, they're not determining it. The brain then does have to make sense of things. That's perception perception is actually a conscious prefrontal cortex behavior where it makes sense of things. That's somebody's story they've created. That's their perception of life, their perception of the event, their perception of what's going on in their body. It's often skewed because their state, their neuroceptive state, their safety state is in a threat physiology, which means I'm in this world, I'm sitting next to you, I'm just in this room, or I'm just laying on a table. There is no reason, logically, that the body should be responding as if there's a threat at hand. So, But it is. That's where polyvagal comes in. That's where the beauty of it is. Because to ask somebody to make sense of that further creates a story that is skewed. So sometimes we're going to bring back some of the things that most of us were told never to do in chiropractic, which is bringing the feeling back to chiropractic. That's why Don and I've been calling this bringing the feeling back to chiropractic, both for the chiropractor through their hands, getting their hands on people and less about checking and more about feeling. And for the practice member to bring their feeling back to their body so that they can start to make sense of their state. Our theme song should be bring back that love and feeling. (laughs) That's not, (laughs) we're not that dedicated to the mission. The third concept, which we're not going to talk a lot about today, but we will talk about it in London is the, is the concept of co-regulation. 
So this is the third concept, and this is the biology of connection. This is really where nervous systems respond to nervous systems. Nervous systems surveil other nervous systems. They do not logically do that. They surveil people's facial expressions. They surveil their eyes. They surveil their mouth. They surveil their body language. They surveil their tone. They surveil how much threat is in their voice. They make that decision and that will determine whether somebody can be in regulated or co-regulated state with somebody. An adult cannot self-regulate if they do not know how to co-regulate. Co-regulation is something that is taught through the nervous system, very young or not. That's really important, or not. Children that do not have safe co-regulating caregivers grow up to be adults who do not know how to self-regulate. And the key thing to remember is children cannot self-regulate. Repeat that again. Children cannot self-regulate. They only regulate through co-regulation with a regulated adult. (laughs) So So the nervous system does not have the capacity as a child. And this is a child, even teenagers, even little, I always say they're basically little man-child, little man-children and like these 14-year-old bodies. Those are still children. Now, the problem, what happens is our kids start to develop expressive language. So when our kids start to develop expressive language, we say, oh, well, they'll be able to talk this through. Children's nervous systems need other nervous systems. They don't need other languages. Language is a gift given to us when we are not in a threat response. That's Dr. Stephen Porges. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out. Thank you.